We trying to run them numbers up, y'all. You want to help grow the brand? Subscribe to the YouTube right now. Be the first to check out new episodes of Taste and Notes from the Streets, our fire visual and event series where we pair our favorite foods from the hood with different wines from around the world. I mean, if you only listen to the podcast, you're only getting half the fun. So subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to our YouTube. One. This is a moment in wine and hip-hop. Brought to you by Crew Love, blending wine and hip hop at the highest level. Wine and hip hop, wine and music. Yeah, what's good, Josh? Your man, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Vibes, a.k.a. Young Thanos. So I'm just out here collecting Infinity Stones. And man, after this France run, they're going to have to call me Ron Burgundy because right now we are still in Burgundy. Last week, I had my dog, Jeremy Sace. Before that, we had my girl, Melina. So y'all are really getting to know what the fam is like in Burgundy. Today, we are here with more family. I'm here with Leah and Pierre Lafont of Domain Complefine. Now, if you know anything about Burgundy, you know that Complefine is that classic white man. This is Merceau. And if you know anything about me, you know that my favorite place to drink wine is Merceau. So when I was chilling in the restaurant and I see my dog Dominic Lafont walking in, it was just like, damn. So the story goes right this is a really dope episode because this is one of those moving around burgundy things where people say they happen but you don't really get to see it so i'm very happy that we have all of these instances on camera so boom we're shooting tasting notes from the streets we're in the tasting scene and we're at this dope michelin star restaurant rotisserie in chambertin and boom so this is where the joint's happening we already hyped in walks Dominic Lafon. And I'm like, yo, again, Merceau is my favorite type of wine. Like when people ask me what my favorite wine is, I tell them French Chardonnay. When I'm thinking French Chardonnay, I'm thinking Merceau. So in walks Dominic Lafon. I'm like, oh shit. I look at Jeremy, I'm like, damn, I didn't realize Dominic was coming. And you know, Jeremy in his casual way is like, yo, I thought I told you. Now again, I'm sitting here and this is mind blowing because I'm about to have grilled cheese with Jeremy Sace of Domaine du Jacques, and you know he brought some fire, and Dominic Lafon of Complefon. And I mean, you know he brought some fire. So, you know, shooting these things, of course, it's a lot of downtime. It's always fun because you get to know people in different ways. And although I drank his wine for years, it was my first time meeting him. What bugged me out about the whole thing was how cool and hilarious he was, you know? And also, he let me know that he retired back in January, and his daughter and nephew, Leah and Pierre, are now running the domain. And honestly, it was at that moment, my biggest takeaway from the whole trip hit me. I was watching the changing of the guard happening in all of these major wine areas in France. And when you think about that happening in those places, think about all that's happening all over the world. We in a whole new generation. I just came from Chateau Lafitte in Bordeaux with Saskia Rothschild, who's under 35. And here we are in Burgundy, learning the same thing is happening at Comte Lafon. So Dominic was nice enough to connect me with Pierre and Leah, and thankfully they had time to link up with me. And just going through the entire facility in itself was dope to me. We recorded this episode in the cellar, 
and we pulled a bottle from the shelf to pair with the song on this show. I was a kid in the candy store for a second. They told me I can pull any bottle I wanted off the shelf except the 77 vintage, just because that was their grandfather's last vintage. But I can pull any bottle that I want off the shelf in the cellar at Comte de la Fonde. And we paired a song with that. I ain't gonna tell you what song we paired, I ain't gonna tell you what wine we drank. You're gonna have to listen to the episode, but I will say this, I am extremely grateful to the entire LaFine family for all the kindness that they showed me and the wine and hip hop team. I'm looking forward to linking up with y'all and doing a lot more in the future. They supported the Harvest Party, and these are people that work to create a wine industry that we can all enjoy. I mean, you already know they're coming out of Merceau, and Merceau can be a little bit pricey, but they also make wines from many other areas and wines at all different price levels. There's a lot more out there and a lot more emerging areas. You know, you gotta act your wage out there. Don't be trying to front like you don't like wine from Burgundy just cause you can't afford it. Make sure you pay attention at Tasting Notes from the Streets episode. We got some surprises in there. You know we gonna be on the front of this, so without further ado, my people, Leah and Pierre Lafon. We are right in the cellar of Lafon. It's quite legendary. <laughs> thank you guys for joining me. Well, thank you for joining us. Oh, man. I, I, I gotta say, this is um, quite a special invitation. So, I mean, I can't thank you guys enough for just welcoming us here. And, I mean, seeing this cellar, you guys saw how excited I got just to see... <laughs> the wines being boxed <laughs> I mean, to see palettes. I, I just, I've seen this um, from a different perspective for a long time. So mm. just coming and seeing where it actually started being in the cell is just really special. I know all my friends back home where I started will be very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys for joining me. I got to say, this is, um, this is a, a really, this is a really special time um, because you, just took over y'all right now every you guys are the 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 controllers of what's happening you running this show so how does that feel to like you know take over such a legendary winery here so yeah we took over like uh since the beginning of the year so we're running the show but uh Dominic still help, helping us, <laughs> helping us, yeah. Now he's yeah. the intern? He's the intern, yeah. He's the intern, yeah. Send him to get coffee and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, we send him to the vineyard. So. <laughs> it feels, at, at the beginning, it feels like a little, well, something like crazy, but it's been like quite uh, a few years right now. We are like in the process and like in the transition period. Um, so yeah, no, it's... Um, it was not something like uh, not something big that happened to us right. at the beginning of the uh, of the year. I feel so. <laughs> well, we've been working here. I mean, I've been working here for three years, and Pierre two years, yeah. right? Yeah. So mm. we've been working with Dominic. So we knew what was gonna happen to us. Yeah. It was not a surprise. But I mean, it's for for me for for both of us. It's a, it's a big responsibility because not only we're I mean we're running. The domain here in Merceau and the domain in, in Mille Martin, where we produce other wines as well. But we're also responsible for what our great great grandpa worked for, and our grandpa worked for, and my dad worked for. So it's a it's a lot of responsibility because we we can't screw it up. So right. it's it's an amazing opportunity and it's an amazing job. But it's uh, we want to do this right. Yeah. So 
Well, that's to be done. So it's interesting with that, you know, thinking about uh, the history and um, everything that people expect. How do you maintain the quality, maintain people's expectations, but also put your own personality and your vision into the mm-hmm. wines? That's that's a very good question. That's a question that many people ask. I mean, <laughs> not, not, not exactly, actually, because people ask us, what are you going to change? Because, you know, we're, we're here, we're new, and uh, lots of people expect us to change lots of things. But uh, the way I see it is we're not here to change everything. We're here to to make sure that the domain continues the way it's been going, and we want to maintain the style of the wines, and uh, we, we need to maintain the quality. And that's also why Dominic is still helping us, and he didn't vanish into thin air. I mean, right. he's not running the, the business on a day-to-day basis, but he's still here to help us make sure the wines still taste amazing. But also at the same time, and that's what Dominic has been doing throughout his career, it's not, we're not gonna, it's not, wine is not a recipe. So we're not just doing the same thing every year, but every year, you know, we might think, oh, why can't we do this differently? And we might change small things. Mm-hmm. And it's small details added one after the other that in the end is gonna make a difference or gonna make it's gonna make the wine better. But I mean we're not gonna change everything. That's really oh. not what we want to do. Oh. I mean I mean I have, sec- a, I have a also because I mean we have I have a huge respect for what has been done. Right. And I just uh, don't wanna mm. put that down to the floor just because I walk in and okay, now I'm here. Let's change everything. That's not mm. how it goes. Right. I know. Agree. It's like I mean, we won't make a revolution here to, tomorrow. It's like uh, first, yeah, we need to to master like what's what is done because yeah, everything is like in terms of precision. Uh, we have to be very meticulous, and uh, that's things that uh, that you have to learn like year after year. And uh, yeah, as they are said when you make some change you have to go like little by little even dominique like when he makes changes it takes like years yeah. like the changes so it's you cannot go like oh let's change everything like from like right now on. <laughs> that won't work i think that you know to your point with your appreciation for the winery's history and wanting to make sure to like you're not coming in to change anything i think you know to your point what you were saying is um the elements change but you want the, the wine to remain the same and that's the difficult thing because you never know like i mean we're dealing with global warming right you know how was it going through that because at this point you're now learning how to take over the winery and everything is shifting so what was that like that experience I mean, global warming, it's affecting all of us in Burgundy. It's affecting probably every corner of the planet. We're trying to tackle it with the little means we have, as you know, because in the end we're, we're farmers and the, we have 16 hectares here. So it's quite a small, I mean, it's big for Burgundy, but it's still quite a small farm if you look at it, you know, regarding other size of of farms in the world. And um, so we try to group together to do experiments, we change the way we prune the vines, so we prune them a bit later to start and to not get affected by the frost as much as we could have been, because we've had global warming, there's global warming, which means, you know, we have heat, we have I mean, heat waves, we have drought, and so the vines are suffering from drought, but also the other effect that we've had is the buds start coming out earlier in the season, which means 
when there's still a risk of frost and when the, the leaves are out and there's a frost, that's when it damages the whole uh, la récolte. And the whole crop. The whole crop, yeah. yeah no, so, we, you know, we, we, we do small things, but... Uh, I mean, we're, yeah, we're small. It's... We're not going to change the world with what we do. Right? We try to adapt. <laughs> we, try to, we try to adapt. Ad adapting yeah. is the hard part. Yeah, we try to adapt. <laughs> also in the winery, we, we adapt. I mean, we, we need to adapt for picking dates. We need to adapt the way we... You know, for example, red wines, because we do one third of red wines here at Pinot Noirs. Uh, the way we do the maceration and we do all the fermentations, that's something we have to work on. Yeah, no, it's like global warming is, is new, like uh, even people who worked like during the last 30 years, yeah. like they don't know. Yeah. Nobody knows. They, know, exactly. they don't know, like, so experience, like uh, we have like pretty much, I mean, like the same experience on this as, uh, as anyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, as yeah, anyone. we all figuring it out together. Yeah, yeah. so we, tr we try to do the best with what we have and uh, what's happening. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, to a certain extent, you know, 30 years ago, Burgundy was somewhere where the grapes had sometimes struggled to, ri to ripen. So we had to wait until late to harvest and some vintages were quite, had a lot of acidities or the grapes were not completely ripe. So in a way, and to a certain extent, a bit of warming up, like, you mm. know, warmer years did good to Burgundy or did good to our wines, but then at some point it has to stop. And that's, you know, that's why mm. we're trying to control. But, you know, the past 10, 15 years, uh, you know, wines have, I think wines have got better and better because also the, the grapes could ripen a bit better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, so we, this is a very, very special moment. I hope y'all really taking the moment to take all this in. We actually pulled a bottle directly from the cellar right here. And you know, this is all about wine and hip hop, mm -hmm. right? So <laughs> um, today, you guys picked the wine, I picked the rhymes. And when I say pick the wine, we like looked around for a second and you know, so we are about to drink something amazing, still has some dust on it. Can you tell us a little bit about the wine we're about to yeah. try? So Meursault Charm, it's a premier cru. Burgundy is really complex, without getting too much into <laughs> right, details. Right. So it's the village of Meursault, and there are many different vineyards that have many different names. And uh, Charm is one of the premier crus, and it's probably the biggest uh, plot we have in premier crus. So Charm is quite emblematic for the domain. Uh, it makes... Burgundy will have different wines depending on where exactly the vines are inside of this appellation. So our charm is going to taste different from our neighbors and okay. from the neighbors and from the neighbors. Charm is a, it's a, it's a plot that make usually wines that can be quite rich, but that also has always a nice tension. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a good balance, I would say, between... How do you describe charm? It's not it's, easy. Maybe you do it. It's, it's a charm that's a, it's very elegant and like still a lot of tension. It's because it's also like a deep and like very balanced soil. Uh, so usually like very balanced wine, even in difficult condition, like dryness, for example. Um, and I would say yeah, our plot as well, pretty well located is just like um, just next to the, the Perrier, uh, which is like the, the top of the premier cru in Meursault. And uh, in the south, that's uh, Combet in Puligny. So it's pretty good, it's pretty well located. This is a really, really special moment, I gotta say. 
Did you want to open or? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I don't want to try it. No, so. no, no. I wanted to make sure. You, yeah, it's okay. No, can, no. I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. We, we, have a, we have a bottle of now, so yeah, we have to open it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can, we can open it up. All right. Um, but yeah. And, and you said 96 was a... The best year for hip hop for you. Well, I'm not. A, I don't know, know hip hop that well, but why? <laughs> so, why did you? Why? Because you picked the vintage. Yeah. Pick '96. So you know what? It's it's an argument that happens a lot within our production crew. You know, <laughs> we argue a lot, and '96 is definitely an argued year. You yeah. know, for hip hop, my personal favorite year for hip hop is 1994, mm -hmm. right? But. I will say, 96 definitely gives up a strong argument. And it's also just fun to argue about hip-hop. But it, 96 gave you a lot of great music. You know, you had Jay-Z's first album. You had the Fuji's first album. There was just so much great music, and uh, it's definitely, definitely a strongly argued point. But, you know, personally, I like 94. You know, it was the, the start of Notorious B.I.G. Well, Notorious B.I.G.'s first album was 94. Nas' first album was 94. You know, so really iconic guys had great first albums there. And so many people say that your first album is usually your best album because yeah. it's the album you've been writing your whole life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So you've is had it the some... same for all the offers vintage, huh? The vintage we've been thinking about for our whole life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hope you've been enjoying our Wine and Hip Hop Takes France series. A bunch of episodes that brought us from Burgundy to Bordeaux and not quite to Provence, but a producer of wine from Provence. This run is legendary. Thinking about where I've come from to where I am now, I had to commemorate that with some fire merch. So go to wineandhiphop.com, hit the merch tab, and check out our French collection where you can get our Projects to Provence hoodie or Bronx to Bordeaux tea or maybe the Brooklyn to Burgundy tea. I mean, it's your choice, man. It's a lot of fly stuff. We got the new Wine and Hip Hop trucker hats. You want to support the brand. You want to be fresh. You want to commemorate this journey. Hit the merch tab and holla at your boy. But yeah, you spent some time in the U.S., right? You came. I did. Yeah. So you you just moved back from Chicago. Yes, like a couple of years ago during the COVID. Wow. So right. you probably got familiar with some hip hop out there. I, I, I did. I mean, I did in Chicago, but uh, as well before when I was teenager. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so so you like were... yeah. I mean like the. I mean I was I was listening like Eminem like when uh, when he oh, got French. To, yeah. <laughs> so I right, so Eminem. Yeah. Um, eight miles, for example. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, no, after like yeah, I was listening some Dr. Dre. But uh, you mentioned the Fuji's as well. I remember pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, 
It's pretty good. I, I like it. So basically, like you agree with Youssef on, you know, uh, yeah. the 96 <laughs> thing. Okay, I got you. I yeah. got you. All right. So, uh, no, it, 96 was definitely a great year. So let me ask you this about now growing up here, but listening to hip hop mm. from that time. Like, how did that make you think about the U.S.? Like what? What picture of the U.S. did hip hop give you? I, I don't know. It's like it's it's weird because like I mean we didn't really have like picture. Like first of all, like uh, my English was not good, still not good, but uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't get what uh, what was said. Right. <laughs> <laughs> better, not, better not to get what's better, said. <laughs> better not. Uh, when you're and ten years I old. didn't really watch like the video clip, so yeah. I I don't know. I didn't. Well, it, was it, was cool. like, it was cool. Let me yeah. ask you this. So, do you feel like after listening to it and then, you know, seeing Chicago and then ultimately coming to the U.S., um, do you feel like it matched your expectations from what you heard when you listened to it? Yeah. Yeah, it did. But because after I, when I grow up, I learned a little Oh, right. right. Like, oh, <laughs> what, shit. He said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what was said and like also, uh, yeah, like, I mean, like some, some of the, some like uh, artists also like struggled. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, that's interesting. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I saw, I saw a little bit here in Chicago, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting though, because now hip hop is so much more international. Mm -hmm. You know, it was at that time, but no one really thought of it as international. And now mm -hmm. there's so many more international artists that are being taken seriously in hip hop, which mm -hmm. is definitely something that's brand new. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think about that and I think about how much things are growing. And, you know, you mentioned, uh, not understanding the language. Mm. So at that time, the lyrics in hip hop were so important, but so many people were connected to it that didn't understand the language. Mm. Whereas now, there's a lot of rappers that I can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> you know? so, so it's gotten to the point where it's like, it's about the vibe and yeah. the feeling. So, you know, I've never asked anybody this question, but like not understanding the language, what was it about the music that appealed to you? It's like probably the the beat and also like the yeah the the flow, the like vibe, the, the yeah, vibe, and like yeah. the I don't know like the I mean the world <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah Seeing like saying fast, yeah. That's always definitely something I wonder. Mm -hmm. Now hip hop is getting to that place where it's like we're all speaking one universal language, language. and it's just yeah. vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we got some, some wine in front of us. Let's see if the Cheers. wine from 96 is yeah. the wine. Cheers. 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 Healthy. This is the stuff that really made me fall in love with wine. Like you can, so like tasting an aged white is like so, so much more character there. Like it's really cool. Um, and you guys had to probably taste through so much of this to just get to understand what you what, what the good stuff should be tasting like. Yeah. <laughs> so what were some of the um, tasting sessions like when you would huh. come through and try different things from the cellar to get more familiar Here. with it? I mean, in this room, I know my grandpa did a lot, I mean, did a lot of tastings in this room because when my grandpa was working here, he, it was complicated to sell wines from Burgundy. Burgundy was not as famous as today. Right. And so basically our grandpa spent lots of time in the weekend you know, bringing clients here and trying to convince them mm. that Burgundy's cool, that his wines are good, that uh, they should buy some. Mm. So, my, you know, my dad was telling us, you know, I, and he came as a kid. He said, I came with my dad, with your grandpa here. And he was, you know, showing all the wines of the domain and, and 
you know, making sure they, they, they left and they bought a few bottles and they were <laughs> going to speak about our wines as, as good wines. So this room has a lot of history in a way this is where, you know, we used, they used to, to sell wines and my dad did as well. He spent, mm. he did quite a few tastings here. Uh, lately, we haven't done so many tastings in this room. Uh, it's became, it's, I mean, it's, I haven't, I haven't done a single tasting in this room since I started working here in three years. So, I mean, we're here now, but it's, uh, yeah, it's for you. Huh? No, no, no. It, 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 it's for you because we're, yeah, we haven't, we don't come here that often. It's more, it's our library and our special, special it's, hidden place. It's a library, but also like people have less and less time. Um, the like, yeah, the mm -hmm. people who come to visit, they have like, sometimes they have like five, six appointments. So yeah. like, okay, like try the wine of the year and I have to, <laughs> I have to go some, to be somewhere in one hour. Oh, boy. And yeah. to, to get back to your question as how did we learn and how did we come here and learn and taste? Um, I mean, we, we, I mean, you, you left after a bit, but you were born here and you, your first years you were here and we grew up around this winery and and you know, I came for every single harvest and then my dad was working here and we come here for, for every Christmas and the tradition is before the Christmas meal, everybody in the family who's interested or basically, and we all wanted to come to the cellars, but everybody comes down to the cellar and we taste with the wines and we pick the bottles for the dinner. So, I mean, it's, it's everything and nothing in the way this, in a way, because this is where we grew up yeah. and it's, it's just a, it's not like we were we learned. It's just that we were around the winery and we we're, we're grew up in it. Yeah. Did you yes. always expect to get into winemaking, or did you ever think you were going to do something else? Um, I think I was expecting to get into winemaking since I'm 14. Um, You've been so writing yeah. that album your whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, no, my. I mean, I was born in Bonn, but moved like quickly, in, uh, like in the southern France. And well, my dad has a winery, so I worked in his winery. Yeah, since I'm 14, like uh, like working on the on the Wednesday afternoon or on the weekends or during the holidays as well. Mm. Uh, that's what made me want to uh, mm. to go into wine. So after when I graduate, uh, yeah, after I graduate, I went to uh, I started to sell wine. So. Uh, that's why I went to the US to sell wine. Wow. And uh, yeah, after the family project came uh, came around. And uh, so that's when like, uh, it was a decision to come back here. Like, all right, I want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Chicago, all right. enough of me. <laughs> See ya. What about you, Leah? Did you always expect to uh, get into this? I never really thought about it like I never really took it seriously I think I was I was here until I was 18 so I did all my high school and I had my baccalaureate here and I was actually quite happy to to go away because I needed to see other things and live somewhere and have my own experiences but I was always really I mean I systematically I came back every year for harvest and I came back every year for Christmas and I was you know asking my dad how the vineyards were going and everything so I always kept the link with the winery, but I was happy to be away from it for a few years. <laughs> and the more time went, like, you know, went by and the more I was like, you know, wondering, but you know, what do I want to do with my life? Cause I didn't really know. And I was one, I didn't think 
I didn't find any of the jobs I was doing that had much sense. You know, why, why am I doing this? And then at some point I realized, okay, it doesn't make sense because that's not where you're supposed to be. And actually where I belong is, is here. Mm. So that's why also I wanted to, I, I decided to come back. And, and uh, that's, I think that's where we, we're meant to be in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, that's wild. It, it's funny because, you know, I'm looking at the wine world changing. You know, in, in the U.S., they're having so many problems connecting wine to youth culture and everybody's trying to make wine cool. And, you know, you guys being younger winemakers, like, there's definitely a lot of OGs in this game. There's a lot of older people. Do you ever, or are you ever treated a certain way because of your age? Like, what has the reception been like? Mm. Very good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, no. People, uh, people are happy. Like, uh, like we, we have clients. Uh, we call them like, young puppy. So they were like uh, our grandpa's, like uh, our, <laughs> our grandpa's client. So, right. so they are like super old and like. Super. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Sorry. <laughs> they're a little older. They're, they're our most loyal clients. Yeah. I mean, that's something yeah, no, we have are. to say because they've been, you know, they trusted, they trusted our grandpa and they liked mm. our wines from the beginning and they you know, kept buying our wines, good years, bad years, because Burgundy had had better mm. years than others, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. And they're still here today. So in a way, if we're where we are today, it's also yeah, thanks, thanks to, to them. them. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, they are, when we, we told them, I mean, when Dominique started to tell them and when they saw us, like, yeah, they were very happy and they were glad, you know, like the like, tradition, like, keep going. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's, so family is so important in winemaking and you know we were talking a little bit earlier uh, I was telling you about I was telling about my dad and my dad is a welder um, has a construction company so he like tried to force me into mm. welding and construction and because he was trying to force me is the reason why I went left into wine and he got really upset with me when I got into wine he, he's like wine is a dead-end job what do you you know, here we are, right? <laughs> but, but, you know, um, I'm sure you guys grew up and had a bunch of other friends. I'm sure some of their parents are making wine. Um, is there ever any pressure? And not necessarily from this family, but have you ex heard of any pressure from older generations trying to get their kids into wine that maybe don't want to? It happens. I mean, in in, in Burgundy or in, in other, probably in a what I would say, call a farmer's mentality. <laughs> I mean, in a way, because you know, when you, it's, it's, it's a cliche, but uh, I think when you worked your whole life on the land that you love and that you, you put all your energy in it, I think it really breaks your heart to see nobody taking over. So I think even still today in our generations, there are parents that don't, I wouldn't say they force people, but they don't really leave them a choice. So they mm. kind of try to put them in, you know, making them work a bit and then a mm. bit more and then why, do, why don't you study this and why don't you come back here so this i think some people don't really have a choice or don't have the choice we had because we mm. clearly had a choice we both i think my dad really knew that he couldn't force me and it would have like it would have driven me off and i would have left and probably never talked to him anymore <laughs> but now doing so, some welding <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no but uh, yeah he was he was really happy to see me go and I think in in his mind he kind of always knew I would I would come back at some point. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I don't know if you've, that influenced you. No, no, that's the same. Like uh, you cannot be forced. Um, I, uh, I remember like there is a 
winemaker like from another winery that we uh, we saw like at an event. He's like about a little bit younger than Dominique, but soon he's like thinking of retiring. He's like, okay, so guys, like he, we told we told him our story and say, okay, so how am I supposed to interest my kids into the winery? Like the first things we yeah. told him, like just don't force them. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point, you know, because yeah. it's it's so serious. This is a this is a work of passion and patience. <laughs> you need both of those things yeah. to make a good bottle of wine, and you can't force somebody yeah. to be passionate about something or yeah. patient. This wine just increasingly gets better and better. I'm trying to savor it as much as possible. Well, there's a whole bottle of it. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, one bottle is never enough. Well, you got this is you know this is a moment in a bottle. So. I know you um, you've tasted this before. I'm assuming, <laughs> right? How how does this compare to when you last tasted it? I mean, we we read all like uh, all notes from the, like, the tasting <laughs> we had before. Because we tasted it before, maybe like, like two years year. ago. Yeah, two years oh, ago. Wow. It's like yeah. a long time. Um, but two years ago, like in our notes, it was, it was like more like a little more bit more dusty. <laughs> yeah. Like the yeah. bottle we had, like more dusty, like mm. little less clean. This one is. Like very really clean, clean or like very really clean, like very very 96, open. Like ninety six was a acid year, like a, a typical year when the grapes probably, you know, took longer to to ripen, and um, it's a beautiful old wine because it has this uh, light of um, champagne, mushroomy smell but it's it's not too much it also has lots of freshness i think no for its age 96 would yeah. be 26 26 years ago yeah, no. See? yeah. 26 years 26. wow yeah i'm telling you man i know Lots of 26-year-olds that wouldn't really understand what's going on, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny. So Dominic hung out with us on our other show, Tasting mm -hmm. Notes from the Streets. And um, I'm tasting this. I would totally go with some, uh, well, we had some grilled cheese mm -hmm. with him. But I will go with some truffle pizza with this, like truffle some white pizza. truffle pizza. Yeah. This, this would be my, this, listen, <laughs> yeah. if y'all want to take me out on a Friday night, if you're trying to get me to cancel plans, call my people, get some truffle pizza, you know what else, but I'm there. Well, we <laughs> will commonly great. have it with our grandma's, uh, what is it, like champignon, no, poulet au vin blanc? Uh, chicken au vin blanc. Chicken, uh, white chicken wine, with chicken. white wine and with uh, mori, which is morals, how do you say uh, it? Morals, yeah. Morals. Some potatoes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I could get used to this French country living, I'm telling you. <laughs> Man, thank you guys so much for sitting with me. This means so much and I mean this wine, this was amazing. Like, everyone will be jealous. Appreciate it. Another episode it of Wine and Hip Hop. Peace. Cheers. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this was a moment in wine and hip hop brought to you by Crew Love.